This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for waking up with us here. Clint Scott, Jamie Lint. Jeff McGuire behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, Jamie is 30 minutes from crossing off hour number one of 25 of Lint Scott. The Clint Scott experience. CSX. <laughs> Clint Scott experience. Be wanna... very, very careful if you repeat that. <laughs> I spelled it out. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Be very careful yeah. when you repeat that. So, That's all I'm saying. I appreciate all your thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard they're going to cancel the ride actually after the uh, the week, <laughs> the experience. <laughs> are you a are you a ride guy? I don't I'm know not. if I know this. I'm yeah. not thrill I, seeker. I'm not. I am. I am a thrill seeker, like on the side of mountains. I like my feet on the ground, but I am not a thrill seeker as far as flipping upside down in rides or doing any of that crazy stuff. It's like you're in the mountains. You're just Attracting bears on purpose. Yeah, that's angering good. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. On the reg. Yep. You you seem like you're a roller coaster guy. Huge roller coaster guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had uh, season passes to Astro World growing up every year because we would go enough where the season pass made sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, wore that thing out. I uh... and it was like laminated, like old school laminated. So it took mm-hmm. some effort to wear that thing out. <laughs> <laughs> not a not a ride guy at all. I like looking for the pay $3 for five shots on this rim that's been bent and warped and then be mad about it type of guy later. Mm-hmm. Really love theme parks. <laughs> or, uh, hey, here's this, here's this goldfish. You want it to be dead in two hours? Here's a ping pong ball. <laughs> Take it with you. I think, like, that is so crazy to me. You, you Not that you are... Letting your child have a goldfish. Don't I'm not saying that, but like especially at the the county fair, how many people I've seen just get there and that's the first thing they do, and now you have a fish that you're just carrying around. We got to work on the order of events, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you're going ride, food, souvenirs, you do it in that order, right? Yes, that makes sense. That's what the math should be there, right? Right. Because if you go food ride, that's asking for just a bad experience if if you go souvenir first doesn't matter what's happening after that now you have all like you have a giant gorilla you're carrying around you have a goldfish that's a bad deal right yeah i mean that's getting stained greasy that that has more of the park grounds leaving on those souvenirs than you want but it is like uh you know hey look what i've accomplished (laughs) <laughs> and it's like wearing your gold medal around all, all night long, right? You don't really want yeah. to take it home. You oh, just man, want... can, Dad, will you take a picture with me with a guy who won a pink, <laughs> won a pink gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, new strategy. You get there as soon as it opens, be there all day, win a prize, walk around, and you think, oh. Man, you have described something. I, I remember, oh, man, one of my first years covering Cowboys training camp in Ventura. And there was a huge fair there, and my wife and youngest daughter, our only daughter at the time, came out, 
And so we went to the fair, and I'm guessing my daughter was about two. We were still pushing her in a stroller. and But she was old enough to stand up and pick some things and have some fun, whatever. And so we go to the duck pond, and you pick the duck. All she does, pick a duck. Pick a duck, Allison. So she picks a duck, and she picks one duck. I can't remember how much I paid for it, whatever. And she wins the largest prize. <laughs> The biggest one. It was the first thing we did. The very, I mean, we had walked in the gate. Pick a duck, Allison. She picks the duck, and now I've just I just said it a minute ago. We have this massive pink gorilla to carry around all that. Like and like. Oh, by the way, how are we getting this back to Texas on the plane? Right. We are now buying another ticket for this giant gorilla. It's a gorilla. Oh, and she loved this gorilla, so we weren't, you it's know, an emotional leaving. support gorilla. Yeah, yeah, we weren't just leaving it in California. It had to find a way back to us. Uh, did you try taking it to a laundromat and drying it a hundred times to see if it could be Shrink. less giant? Because <laughs> every sitcom I've ever watched, it's really yeah. easy to actually like turn your clothes the wrong color have bubbles fill your house and to shrink stuff to a hilariously yeah, yeah. small amount. So you should have tried that. I should have tried that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, that's unfortunate. Yes, and then ever, I mean, cause it, then I mean, it was the very first thing and we're like, I, we wanted to ask, can we just leave it and come back later? <laughs> can we claim our prize at the end? What if we keep the duck? <laughs> I mean, it's, she's holding this thing and we're pushing it in the little stroller. Yeah. Like you can't see the kid. <laughs> These psychopaths just wheeling around a gorilla. <laughs> they really like that gorilla. Yeah, smothering the child. She can't breathe. Why are they swaddling that giant gorilla? <laughs> Look at these weird people pushing a gorilla around in a stroller. They're one of those people. This is probably double nightmare because now you're already having to plan. How do we get this back? Yeah. And then the other one is everyone is looking at the lens now. I mean, there was like... 30 seconds of, oh my goodness, how exciting, how fun for her. And then the rest of the night, my wife and I are like, how did we end up with this thing? Why? Why? <laughs> You're trying to keep like ketchup stains away from it. Sure, Don't let it sure. touch the ground. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, congratulations. Here's this inconvenience of a prize. Mm-hmm. Have a great time. Did you at least like do some bragging? Like you never mentioned ducks, but as people are like looking or asked, you're like, yeah, I popped 10 balloons in a row. No. <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a three-point shot in the oval basketball hoop. <laughs> yeah, there's that, uh, there's that pitching thing down there, 102. Yeah, you're right. Really chapman it. Yeah. <laughs> I melted part of the exhibit. I threw it so fast. So they gave me this gorilla in fear that I was going to keep throwing. I mean, Adolis. Yeah. <laughs> I bet a Roldis Garcia. He's pretty good, huh? <laughs> That's funny. I, you know. It'll be a long week, Jamie. Haven't. Yeah. It'll be a long week. <laughs> haven't. Uh, I think Chuck and I are going to have fun with that one for a long time. You should. Yeah. Arkansas Garcia. Yeah. Um, like I said, I haven't been up this Don't ask early. me why. Somehow Arkansas Garcia feels closer. <laughs> That's probably fair. What hour did that happen? Because it was in the six o'clock hour. I'll probably give it a pass. Every. I think it was hour i think it was in the very first hour i think it was right in the very first segment he has gotten it wrong though all year long yeah this is not like a new thing so he's pavloved himself though like now it's just repeated it in his head and he can't get it out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and we had so much fun with it that that probably is forcing him to remember it that way 
good memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Uh, we get this from Central Texas, Hank. Tennessee should never wear oiler gear. It's sacrilege, especially to those who love the blue since they began. So the the Minnesota to Los Angeles Lakers move, that helped, happened, of course, well, well, well before me. Was there, to your guys' memory, any hate with that at all? Or is that it's happened so long ago? How no old really do you remembers. think I am? <laughs> well, I'm not saying like you were like 30 years old and it happened. I'm just asking if you guys generally have knowledge I, of, I, of that move. I generally have no knowledge of that. Because like when you mentioned yeah. them, that not not once did I be like, how how yeah. could they have done that? How dare they? Yeah. Like I I think it would honestly be awkward. And again, it's a little bit different because there's not an NBA team in Seattle right now, and they desperately want basketball back there from a fan's uh, perspective, but I still think they would be angry if the Thunder decided, hey, let's go Supersonics. I think they would, too. I, I yeah. mean, I think it would be... And I think they would have... Uh, the, I think the people of Seattle would have reason right. to be bothered. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, added in, again, that, like, Houston fans still there, um, and it's like, how many Texans fans are Texans fans because... They they had to be like drugged to it because they, they they wanted to root for football. There's an NFL team back in the state, back or not back in the state. Excuse me, Dallas Cowboys fans, misstep. Adolis uh, <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> uh, how many were like drugged back into it because there was an NFL franchise in the city where they were still like okay, we're we're almost rooting for the Texans because we're so mad still at the Titans. Yeah, yeah, I bet there's a lot of that. angle. Yeah, and I bet there's a ton of Texans fans that didn't make the move um, emotionally to become Titans fans. I don't know any Oiler fan that became a Titan fan. Yeah. Not a single one. I'm not saying that they don't exist. I'm just saying I don't know any of them. I don't know any Titans fans, so... I've been accused of age. Lucas is probably a Titans fan. I don't know. He he is, actually. He is? Yeah, because uh, Liberty's Malik Willis was drafted there. And a little Liberty joke here. Probably he's already flaming out of the uh, NFL. It's the morning drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. This day in sports history, once we return. The morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by... Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to the Morning Drive on Double T 97.3. It's time for this day in sports history. Here's Jeff McGuire. I feel like I need to do a golf swing now or something. <laughs> um, so let's uh, do a quick quiz here and see if uh, Clint Scott remembers who the official marathon runner is of the Morning Drive. Oh, it's a Swedish runner, right? Finnish. Yeah, he does. He's a finish runner, but yeah, he's usually yeah. first. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pavo Nermi. <laughs> yeah. Pavo Nermi, uh, today in 1931, runs a world record two mile, eight minutes, 59.6 seconds. Pavlo Nermi. Mm-hmm. Two miles? Two miles. In eight minutes and... 59.6 seconds. Broke the nine-minute mark for that. That's... That's impressive. Mm-hmm. I would be lucky to finish a mile at that time, I think. 
I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a, it will be a challenge for mm -hmm. me. I think I've in the past did that pretty easily, but this is the, not the best. In the current, <laughs> not so much. I think I'd sprint the first two Chris Paul style speed walk the third one and then see what I have and left in the tank for the fourth lap and just mm -hmm. hope that I get the eight. Uh, 1949, Indians pitcher Bob Lemon hits two, count them, two home runs to beat the Senators 7-5. to five. Well, you know what they say when life gives you lemons, hit two home runs. It's going to be a long 25 hours. <laughs> oh, come on, finish first. <laughs> That's on the same caliber. No, mine was way better. Was 1958. Way better. <laughs> Ted Williams is fined $250 for spitting at the Boston fans again. I would have paid his fine. You would have said that's fine. And those were his fans. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite part of that is, again, this wasn't again. the yeah, first again. time. This is the again. <laughs> Ted Williams keeps that's, spitting on him. Well, the funny part is, is he's never been, he was never fined for spitting at the New York fans, which you knew he did numerous times, probably, because they deserved it numerous times, probably. But Major League Baseball said, hey, that's cool. That's good. We're not going to fine you well, for that. There's a difference. <laughs> they between, deserve it. <laughs> you know, so there's a difference between a finable offense and then tradition at a certain yeah, point, right? Sure. You don't find tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the Big 12, but we'll get to that later. Uh, 1970, the International Lawn Tennis Association institutes a nine-point tiebreak rule. Okay. That's still in effect. I have no idea. Nowhere. Nowhere. I've never played a nine-point tiebreak. 1978... Billy Martin resigns as the Yankees manager after, quote, one is a born liar, the other is a convicted one. <laughs> Comment about George Steinbrenner and Reggie Jackson. <laughs> 1978, Pete Rose ties National League hitting streak of 37 straight games. 1983, put this in here just for you, Clint. Thank you. George Brett hits a home run with pine tar on his bat and then loses his mind when he is ruled out for having too much pine tar on his bat in a game that would be then later played in New York continued from that point where the home run was allowed. Have you ever had something in your sports life that was like passed down from like an anger standpoint? Understand my, my dad was mad that this ever happened every Royals fan at that time mad that that even happened. That's something that like, as I was born, they're like, hey, say, can you say George Brett got screwed? Huh? Can you say? Can you say pine tar? Can you? Two words. I'm just making syllables. I think that this is the well. Obviously, I'm on the other side of that, um, and I really wasn't as a kid. I it wasn't mm -hmm. taught. It wasn't until I, I probably was. Working with Chuck? Uh, at least a teenager <laughs> or older before I actually read up on the whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to completely disagree with Clint. I, yeah. I, by the way, the anger yeah. didn't stick with me because, yeah. I mean, it's hard to be yeah. mad at something that happened well, when you weren't alive. Well, it's like the question of the Major League Baseball in that situation is, okay, so there's a rule in place that says you can't have pine tar. It can only be a certain 
um, length up the bat, mm-hmm. and they looked at the bat, and the pine tar was above that line, okay? And so that's why the umpires, cor- quote-unquote, correctly ruled that home run doesn't home count run. Right. because mm-hmm. the bat was illegal, which is a stupid rule, stupid rule, in my opinion, okay? But I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason for it, like because the ball, you don't want the ball to have pine tar on it. But, I mean, you sometimes hit it off your handle. I mean, so what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a rule. Can't be past that. It was past it. The umpire correctly rules. The home run doesn't count. And then they come back and they say, yeah, yes, he, I know that it was above the line and all that, but the home run should be allowed. Why? Why? Because <laughs> George Brett I mean, lost his mind on even, television. Major League Baseball even admitted, yes, 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 technically his bat was illegal, but we don't think it affected the play, so we're going to look. Why is there a rule then? Just get right. rid of the rule. And then they did yeah. that year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he was foul. We looked bad, but he made it anyway. So, well, <laughs> like, yeah. What's yeah. he want? A free throw to yeah. end one? Okay. And again, the, the, the I don't think that, of course, there's not a, just a heaping amount of new Royals fans being made every day at this point in Major League Baseball. That's something like the original anger of that entire incident mm-hmm. ever happening really did not stick in the passing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it just was. It was like me. I don't have anger towards George Brett of the Royals. Hmm. I, I just think Major League Baseball was really dumb and how they yes. went about the whole thing, you know. And then and then the the bitter Yankees after that, how they handled it. So when they rescheduled the con- the conclusion of the game, the Yankees did everything they could to make a shamakery of it and like wouldn't let fans in, wouldn't sell any tickets, wouldn't do any of that. Um, and like played guys all over the field. Ron Guidry started in center field. He was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they were just playing guys completely out of posi- position to just make a big joke of the whole thing. I heard the uh, umps threatened to bring Ted Williams back in to spit at them. <laughs> um, and, and I just wanted you to know, I was a fan of the Royals this weekend. I thought their play was terrific. Ugh, it's like a youth league out there, not a good one. Like a last place youth league team. Two last place teams. Battling it out. You've got Stanton <laughs> running under a mile an hour, and you can't throw him out. What are we doing? Um, because he's not here today, I will share that Chuck tried to get tickets for this game, uh, but New York wouldn't sell him any tickets. Uh, and he's got the press box, the the press release from this game somewhere in a, an archive that he's got in his garage. I think. Hmm. How about that. But again, this is that would that this yeah. would have been one of those. He wanted a ticket stub. Yeah, he's big into uh, ticket stubs. This is but one Chuck of those moments where I would have said, "Wait for Chuck's story about uh, yeah. getting tickets." Yeah. Let me tell script. you about the time that I tried to. I don't. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> and in 2005, <laughs> for the seventh straight year, there is no winner for the Tour de France. Well, the guy that had one, yeah, which we've forgotten his name because that doesn't happen. We did not watch it happen. NCAA investigations um, <laughs> that, you know, there's no winner. The race didn't happen. Didn't exist. Seventh yeah. straight season. Yeah. They strong-armed um, the rule. National uh, Tequila Day. I will pass. The tequila? On tequila. Yeah, it's a big pass. Jamie's drinking tequila right now. Nah, she, he to should. get through yeah. all these 25 hours yeah. this week. Uh, Barry Bonds, 59. Carl Malone, 60. Rick Fox, 54. Joe Mixon, 27. And on this day at 12.51 Eastern Daylight Time, 1969, 
Apollo 11, the first spacecraft that had taken the first astronauts to the surface of the moon, safely returns to Earth. There would be five more successful lunar landing missions and one unplanned lunar swing-by with Apollo 13. The last men to walk on the moon from Apollo 17's mission left the lunar surface on December 14th, 1972. And that is this day in sports history. Thank you, Mr. McGuire. Uh, you can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions. Speaking of, you said Joe Mixon, 27, in there. Uh, we will talk a little bit of running backs today. Uh, a disgruntled group. See if uh, Jamie thinks they should be disgruntled. Or if there's She's, anything Did you see their big do. oopsie? Oh, there was a big oopsie in that little meeting. Oh, the uh, th- their strategic route of how you... Uh, no. Nope. No? Okay. We'll when we get to we'll it, I'll tell you what their oopsie about. was. All right. Uh, it is the morning drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. The morning drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's the morning drive on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Hopefully the weekend was a great one. You can tell us about it on the Yates Former Center chat line. Successes. Failures, everything in between. We'll take it all there. When Scott in for Chuck Hines. What was your biggest success of the weekend? Ooh, um, you know, this I is an unofficial a, Jamie's question of the day. Extremely unofficial. Okay. Extreme, <laughs> extremely unofficial. Yes. You know, I didn't have a ton of failures or successes. The the mother-in-law and niece were in town because uh, my wife and then went to Hamilton. This weekend, mm-hmm. I didn't go. Um, I put together a kennel for some kittens. We were kitten sitting. Mm-hmm. It took me about five minutes to do. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, uh, pretty much the biggest success that I had. I had a, a, a bunch of barbacoa tacos yeah. on Saturday night by myself. It was awesome. Well, that felt pretty successful. Yeah. I think just the fact that you have relatives that are rich enough to go to Hamilton, that's a success right there. Right. You clearly are rolling in the cash. They're clipped. Oh, uh, we will not be in our apartment for very much longer. The lights have been off for about two months. <laughs> Actually, they don't know we're still living there. <laughs> We, uh, we, uh, and you had the mother-in-law in town, and you still made it through the weekend. So that's another yeah, success. Yeah. I don't. I don't have the uh, the in-law stereotypical problems Neither at all. Neither yeah. do I. They ask a lot of questions, but I, I get along with mine really well. Mm-hmm. Feels like you had to say that after I said it. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're not listening, so I'm not worried. <laughs> I promise you they're not. I am in a new spot, so I could just say whatever I want. People usually listening to uh, Yeah, that's wouldn't true. even know. I didn't say mm-hmm. a word. Mm-hmm. You know, what's they that? I just think it was Chuck thing? that said it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh speaking of disgruntled, the running back position mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Not exactly happy with how they're viewed from a financial standpoint by organizations. Um, You have seen several running backs either uh, dealing with a franchise tag and talking about sitting out. If you're a Cowboys fan, thankfully Tony Pollard, not one of those. He'd already signed his franchise tender well, well before 
the recent uh, cutoff has happened, and you've seen the likes of like Saquon Barkley go on podcasts, which is always a great way to uh, start a disgruntled argument about and saying, hey, maybe I should just sit out, which he's basically saying, I'm going to sit out if I don't get a long-term deal that I like. Uh, you've seen the same thing with last year's rushing champ, Josh Jacobs. Uh, you've seen Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon take a pay cut. You've seen Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. And I'm not saying that the, that the, the, the teams didn't have a reason to do so because I think everyone agreed, especially with the Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, you should probably figure out a way to cut that contract and cut some of those numbers that you're paying him. Uh, same thing with Dalvin Cook. Same thing with Leonard Fournette. Austin Eckler wanted a better deal than wanted a trade. Didn't get either. Well, it's come to a, a head. And what does that mean? Well, they've Zoomed together. The brain trust of the running backs of the National Football League to figure this all out. <clears throat> Look, it comes down to they're not getting paid as much. Franchise tag lower compared to other positions. And the, the position power balance has steadily declined for the running backs the past decade and a half. Yep. And part of it is, look, you get more years out of other positions. The other thing, too, is offenses have just changed. Sure. The day of the workhorse power back, meaning everything to an NFL team, Three are yards long gone. a cloud of dust, yeah. Yeah, that's and, and it's not going to come back mm. anytime N- soon. Yeah, and NFL teams now want, because they want to... You know, keep guys healthy and all that. They want two-headed monsters. They don't want just one guy leading the charge. Right. And they feel like there's a ton of them out there that are the the difference between the top and the and the still pretty good is not that significant of a difference. And so there's not the uh, need to overpay for one. And look, it. it I, I understand. I I want guys to in any job to fight for what they think their worth is but at a, at a certain point you have to make a little sense with yourself right like in this point the, the running backs are only hurting themselves because these are all of the cases that have met on these zoom meetings for the most part of the nfl saying we don't really want to pay you well is this suddenly making you more payable if you're an nfl franchise because i don't think so no uh, and, and it's not like the entire position group met and I get it's probably logistically difficult, but it was more of, hey, we're in the interest of the top 10% running backs. When you got guys who have just solidly making a roster and made a roster because they could pass block, which is needed, mm-hmm. that are going, okay, well, are you fighting for our contracts too, or are you fighting for what you think you should be making, Austin Eckler? Yeah, I think the big part of this is just comparing themselves to wide receivers and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think this is really what it is. I mean, those guys are getting paid much more. Um, quarterbacks, way, way more. And then wide receivers, just more. And uh, and then their long-term deals. Wide receivers are getting way more long-term deals than NFL running backs are. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's really what it is. It's about a comparison to what others are making that has them disgruntled. And again, it, it, the the importance, though, of those positions, there's a reason why those numbers are drastically different. You just, you and, and I'm not saying it's not difficult, right? Like, it, it's, it's hard to be a running back and work so hard at your profession your entire life and then get there and then you see all of these added, added zeros on a wide receiver, added zeros on a quarterback, 
The fact of the matter is, though, like, you, you don't need those mega rushers to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, look at the, look at the past so, Super Bowl winners. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like there's so many good ones out there that you don't need to pay for the elite ones mm-hmm. um, compared to one that may be a step or two below, but it's still a really good player. And you, and what you mentioned where that, that gap isn't as far with today's running back group, like the quarterback, totally different. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, there's some pretty mediocre quarterbacks that have a pretty nice chunk of change on their contract line. Mm-hmm. But the wide receivers, the elite to the number twos, drastically different. Sure. Like there is a huge gap mm-hmm. between those guys. Yeah. And and you look back uh, at some of the numbers and like just from being a threat, the last time a rushing champ was a threat to make a Super Bowl was Derrick Henry with the Titans. But past that, for the most part, like Josh Jacobs didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah. There's a couple of rushing champs if you go down the list. Like uh, the Colts running back a couple years ago didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a trend where the, the offenses are telling you, and again, it's a hard pill to swallow. This is why you're not getting paid as much. And so I don't know. Because I feel like you are you're about to have a big time like position-wide strike, again, from the top guys. But I'm foreseeing that happening and then then you know saying to this guy's, hey, we think you're replaceable, being replaced really fast because of it. And so I think you may be headed to a, a place where as far as star-type names in the running back room, which, again, that's decreasing from – because you care more, even even from a fan's perspective. Hey, what's your quarterback's name? Hey, what's your wide receiver's name? Hey, what's your pass rusher's name? Uh, just from like that angle, is you're going to have more unknowns than known. Again, just a general fan base. Now, hardcore NFL fans are going to know every single play, every single sure, sure. every single name out there. Um, tell you how many Pro Bowls and dodgeball events yeah. that guy's been to. Yeah, I mean, I get their um, frustration. I get that when they compare themselves to others that they're not getting paid as much. I get the frustration of, hey, um, we really get beat up at our position. You know, Mm -hmm. they've made so many rules that protect quarterbacks and wide receivers, yet the running backs take the pounding. I get get all of it. I get their frustration. I I guess I – I I get – but I also get why, uh, you know – um, the garbage man it's like, dude, I, this is a terrible job. I should be paid more for having a tough job. I get that um, uh, teachers have one of the most important jobs in the world and are paid just squat, mm-hmm. okay, and treated poorly and um, aren't respected enough and get paid just, just again, squat compared mm-hmm. to others and the importance of their jobs. Um but it all goes back to these are choices, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to be an NFL running back because of how they're paid, don't be an NFL running back, okay? Um, it's, it's a choice you made, and I, I understand their frustration. I understand how it doesn't seem fair, but, uh, again, you chose to do this job. Nobody made you. You chose 25 hours with me this week. I did. Can't wait. Morning drive on Double T973. Big plays and even bigger laps. If they get seven out of those two things, game over. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not winning. You're not winning that game. 
at, at all. This is the Morning Drive Podcast. Uh, basketball players who don't wear the same straight, shoes. The shoes that right. match the uniform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Match the color scheme of the, the team they play for. <laughs> From Double T 97.3. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. It is question time here on Double T 97.3. Double T 97.3. Dot com. Clint Scott, Jamie Lint, Jeff McGuire. Uh, Jamie, the floor is yours. Okay. I'm going to ask you a Red Raider football question today. And it's, I'm hoping I'm not bringing a jinx with it. Who is the Red Raider football player in 2023 that you cannot afford to lose to injury? <laughs> I didn't know where the jinx world you were yeah. going to. Yeah. Who is the guy you can't afford to lose? Mm. See, this is where a the the depth piece that you feel pretty good about sure. across position group to position group. Completely agree. Um goes into your advantage because my first thought is well you go quarterback. But I would think we all agree that something that you like about your quarterback room is Baron Morton has Big 12 experience, uh, and we all think, right, no disagreement, that we all think he's a very talented quarterback, and if Tyler Shuck had left last year, we'd feel really good about Baron Morton being the starter. Yes? I would. Yeah. Um, you have multiple pass rushers. You know what I? I think I'm going to go with my my what my mind jumped to first because again the receiver room you feel good about as well. I think the offensive line will be better. I'll go Taj Brooks, and it's not that I'm not a believer of Cameron Valdez. We just haven't seen it yet, um, and I do think that's important an important piece uh, stability wise. You know, spent the the whole last segment talking about NFL running backs and how mm-hmm. replaceable they are, but I, I think Taj Brooks is primed for a really, really good season. I've been on the train. This is the first year that he won't be a part of a 1A, 1B backfield. And Cameron Cameron Valdez will get reps, but I still think it'll be more 75-25. Um, and I, I think with Taj Brooks being the staple guy of the backfield, and, you know, you, you saw that you, with a bad offensive line last year, still what you got out of him, and Sir Roger Thompson for that matter, I think that's something that's going under the radar of what the offense could be because we're very excited about Bradley, very excited about Dre McRae. You're hoping that you get a full year out of Tyler Shuck. And, and, and maybe if you hadn't already seen a couple examples with Shuck going down, it still would go quarterback as the answer, but... I'll go running back here, and I'll say Taj Brooks. He would be the hardest one to replace. Okay. So Brooks was my first answer. Um, I'll say it was also mine. But to be a little bit different and go in a different direction, similar position that I think you've got some depth at, but also your top end might be significantly better than the person you bring in to make this group better. And I think that's one of the things that the running back room has is you've got Brooks and Valdez. Who's third? 
if you lose Brooks, you go from Valdez being a, like if Brooks is an A, Valdez is a, a little, like a capital A, then Valdez is like a lowercase B. He's a B. He's your, he is your B, but he's not like A, B. It's A, B. We'll see. We, we have high hopes. And then there's nobody else. You're five starting offensive linemen. Specifically left tackle is where I'm going to start this conversation. And he who wins that job, that's usually your best offensive lineman. I don't know that you've got the depth to replace that guy in this group going forward and be able to have success for what those guys need to do. Wouldn't you guys love to hear Joey McGuire <clears throat> answer this question? Like if he could answer it and not be worried about you know disrespecting somebody or not giving somebody enough love i would wonder i would like to know who he thinks man this guy's a really good player he's a really key player for us and we don't quite have somebody else like him or somebody that comes in behind him and plays his position i would love to hear coach mcguire's answer on this definitely agree with both of you on the running back situation i i think cameron Val cameron valdez is going to be a really good back and i would guess bryson Dionell would be the other guy that will be in the mix there I just don't think they're those guys are pounders and grinders as much um, as we have with Tosh Brooks, who oh, I think can be a workhorse right now. I think maybe um, maybe those guys can do that in the future, but just not right now. So I, I think Tosh Brooks is a, is a really good answer. And now I'm going to unfortunately also follow along with Jeff because I have no creativity in my answers, except for I, I would go the center position. And I think, you know, Rusty Stats, I think with the experience that he has, I just think he solidifies everything. And I, I'm going to go with Stats being the number one guy. And, and as far as the guy you just would not want to lose, because I would be afraid that if that were to happen, you would start moving guys all along the offensive line. Guys would be changing their positions and all that good stuff. So uh, I look at stats as the guy that I feel like um, you just couldn't couldn't afford to lose him. I mean, there's, you, you just have so many good wide receivers. I think, you know, Jerron Bradley might be an answer because he's like the dude. He's yeah. like your like superstar receiver, right? Mm -hmm. And so he might be a good answer. Uh, it just feels like you have a lot of depth at that position. Um, defensively, along the defensive line, both in pass rushers, run stoppers, I feel like you got a, a lot of those. So, I mean, maybe you would go with, you know, one of your top linebackers. And I don't even, uh, I'll be honest with you, Clint, I don't even know who, who those guys are this year. You know, as far as guys that you really feel like at the linebacker position are going to be your stars. It just feels like the last few years we've had another one step up each and every year, and that's mm -hmm. a, to, a credit to those guys. And so we'll see who it is this year. And then your defensive backfield, I feel like there's good depth there. And so I, I don't feel like that position would be a good answer for this question. Uh, maybe maybe the answer is kicker. Uh, I don't know who you have behind Gino. I don't know. I also don't know Gino's the answer either. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, that's the... Yeah. Is the fall-off yeah. enough that yeah. we're, we're worried we're, it is we're where We're behind goes. Austin McNamara. Um, I, I just don't know. Uh, I also so, don't know that if you if your kicker is... You go from Austin McNamara, that's an A... And, or a punter, I should say. And then you bring in, okay, well, there's a significant drop-off to a punter that's a C. Is there that much of a difference? For the n seven plays a game or whatever it could be. I mean, yeah. is there that much of a difference? 
Um, a kicker, the, yes. Sure. Because well, you're missing we, extra points. We have seen what happens yeah, with a bad a different kicker. deal. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, off-the-wall answer. If something happened to Tim DeRuiter and he was going to miss a portion of the season, I think Joey McGuire could step into that role and call plays for the defense. Is Zach Kittling, your, being your offensive guru and also your quarterback's coach, is there another guy on the offensive coaching staff, or do we think that McGuire could shift over and, being a defensive guy, call the same offense that has been run? I mean, that's an in-the-weeds question for sure. And what would happen to a coach not come out? None of our coaches are going to get injured. <laughs> <laughs> and if they do, like, hey, sorry, I tore my ACL. I can't. Yep. I can't call again. Sorry, grab your crutches and get out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the box today. Yeah. I have turf toe. Yeah. How do you expect me to call a game with turf toe? Um, the linebacker group was an answer that I thought about too. And I'm with you. The issue is, and it's the interior linebackers. Like who who does step up next? Is that is that a Jacob Rodriguez answer? Right? Is that a Matthew Young, Tyreek Matthews? It's hard to answer that with knowing who's going to be the leader in the clubhouse at that position. Yeah. Um, and the offensive line, the only reason, because I, I don't disagree with that at all, but maybe it's just it's been a while since you've seen a really solid offensive line that you feel really good about uh, at Texas Tech. This is supposed to be a better offensive line, but I'm still waiting to see it. But, I mean, I, I don't doubt when Joey McGuire says, hey, this is going to be a strength for us. I don't doubt the amount of starts that you have behind these guys, right? And and that plays a part of it in some of the transfers that you've brought in. Mm-hmm. But the only reason I stayed away from it, because I still want to see it uh, on the field be better and be that group that you go, man, that offensive line at Texas Tech, no joke. No joke. It's a morning drive on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Let us know what you think on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Back with more next. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's the Morning Drive on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Eight o'clock hours. We go all the way up to nine o'clock at that time. Over on 100.7 the score. It is the end of of the bench the bottom line is at 12 today and we'll round out 12 full hours of live sports talk right here on double t 97 3 3 o'clock for tech talk uh we are live from the first united bank studio you can call us on the visual edge it hotline that number is open 806-771-0973 or you can hit us up on the yates flooring center chat line thoughts comments questions reactions don't forget you can take us anywhere with the mobile app brought to you by happy state bank we're also streaming live on YouTube and on Fox 34 News now. When Scott in for Chuck Hines with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. Uh, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Where was all this outrage by the running backs when their backfield brethren, the fullback, kept having their salary decrease because of the diminishing need of that position? You could argue that fullbacks in the league take an even bigger pounding than a running back. Good question. Really good question. Yeah, because when, when did the fullback, and I know what, what, what like half the rosters technically even have a designated fullback, and that may be generous because usually now if you go into like a goal line set or something like that, you're bringing in a tight end mm-hmm. and in the fullback spot, but you're not having sure. him as a fullback on the roster. Mm-hmm. So it's 
I mean, it, it's disappeared. It hasn't, but it has. What, that happened back like in 2010? Kind of the first noticing where you really could look back and say, yeah, some people aren't even having a fullback on the roster. Yeah, I don't know what year it is, but it feels yeah. like it's been quite a while. Yeah. And, uh, again, the, the, the running back is a needed position. You do need to be able to keep defenses honest, but in the line of necessity, like who do you want to pay first? Yeah, it's for, for me, it's the quarterback, right? Or not for me, for everybody, it's the quarterback. And then after that, for me, the guy who's taking care of the quarterback. Pay your tackle. Pay the guys he's throwing to. Pay your receivers. And then you know those quarterbacks are everywhere in the league. Go pay the guy who's chasing them down. Go get a defensive end. Pay your secondary. And unfortunately for the needs, uh, eventually... With the cap, that pool of money is going to run out at some point, and you have to balance these things. And if you're a running back, it's tough, but you've been shown that you can compete to excel to win Super Bowls with a guy on their rookie contract or a guy willing to come in and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't ask for a, mass, a, a max contract. Be a Jarek McKinnon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, you, it just says you've seen that you don't need to have the best in the league. You don't need to have the highest paid in the league. Um, and usually it's not just one guy. Teams are looking for a couple of guys to split the load. And the the days of one guy that's the workhorse, it's just it's, it's come and gone. Like when, when's the next time you're even going to see a, another Derrick Henry? Because he's the outlier. And one, he's the outlier because he can do it and has done it. Mm-hmm. But he's also the outlier because that's the offense that the Tennessee Titans run. Yeah, that's fair. And they're one of the few. Yeah. The the Vrabel system over there, who's a very old school coach, old school approach. Mm-hmm. Like, the, who else is doing that to where you even need a running back to fill into that offense? No one. It's yeah. just them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this... And they've been good, just not great. Right. And, they've and... been good with that. I mean, it'd be a hard to find a guy like like Henry to, to run that system, though. There's just, mm-hmm. They're few and far between. And there is a, you know, you know as, as you see some more hard-nosed running backs, you know, still coming out, still big physical running backs coming out of college, there's still a spot for them. It's just not as the feature. Mm-hmm. It's not as the keystone player. But you do still need a guy who can go get you two yards on a big fourth down. Or you do need a guy who can consistently punch it in Yep. uh, when you're in a goal line situation. Mm -hmm. But as scoring and offenses go up and up and up and get better and better and better and more elite, that's not how you keep up with them. That's just that you would be doing your organization a disservice if that's how you approached it at this point. Because, again, even with the Titans being the outlier, I don't think that would work with just anybody, right? Like Derrick Henry is a this this generation's, I mean, Bo Jackson or Eric Dickerson or pick a running back who dominated the the era that they were in. And Earl Campbell, he's this generation's that. And, and, and there's no one else even close that could be able to do what he's done. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he's starting to see the injury bug and age catch up and just what goes into being a, a physically strong running back and just taking pounding after pounding, that's starting to catch up 
with him. So even with the Titans a couple years ago being a comeback away in Arrowhead from a Super Bowl appearance, mm-hmm. like that wouldn't have happened with just any running back. No. And so he is the only case of that. Right now. Right now. Yeah. So if we were to take the the top off of this list for who can do what this guy does, nobody can do what Patrick Mahomes does. There are very good quarterbacks in the NFL that can't do what Pat can do. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say. Derrick Henry, same situation. There are very few running backs that can do what he does. How far down this list do you go in quarterbacks that are exceptional do you find where they're making what they should be making with regards to the contract and the plays and then how far down that list do you want running backs we can probably name six or seven quarterbacks that are day in day out going out there and doing above and beyond what the rest of the league is doing Mm -hmm. it's one for running backs and then you get this big group of like 15 guys that are kind of interchangeable Right. Put them on this team, put them with this team, this offensive line, that offensive line, and you can move them around and numbers for that team don't change. You will only ever be paid. And this goes for firefighters, police officers, teachers, radio hosts, radio producers, guys slipping burgers at the, the quick place. Mm-hmm. You're only ever going to be paid what it costs to replace you and not a penny more. I don't know, like sometimes I have a hard time too because when you see them upset about the franchise tag and that franchise tag is still $10 million, (laughs) it's millionaires fighting with billionaires again. And it's hard to, for me to be sympathetic with that. But at the same time, like like the, the league, the recent history has shown you that you focus on the quarterback. That's how you win Super Bowls. I mean, you focus on receivers. That's how you win Super Bowls. You focus on guys who can go tackle the quarterback mm-hmm. and put a hitch in that system. That's how you win Super Bowls. I just don't think this is ever going to change anytime soon. I don't care how many Zoom meetings the running backs have. I, I mean, if, <laughs> they, and if, they, all if sit- they decide they want to all sit... Then you know what's going to happen? Rookies get starting jobs to begin the year. So many guys will come in and take their place. And the sitting out, how has that worked out for the running back room? And I know there's really one high example right now. It's Le'Veon Bell. Mm -hmm. He was not the same. The Steelers' Le'Veon Bell that was playing there with the Jets, there with the Chiefs, not even close. And again, it was like, if you're the Steelers, you're going, yeah, that's why we didn't lengthen the contract was that right there. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.